The word discipline and the word discipleship, they share the same root meaning. Have you ever thought about that? When you think of spiritual disciplines, that's connected to your discipleship. But if discipline and discipleship share the same root meaning, then maybe our spiritual disciplines should be focused on helping us move from unbelief to belief in light of the gospel in more and more areas of our life. Does that make sense? That's what you've heard me say a million times. Discipleship is this process in our lives and helping others move from unbelief to belief in light of the gospel in every area of life. So then our spiritual disciplines, there's that word discipleship kind of snuck in there, would help us to do that. Would that make sense? Rightly practiced, the spiritual disciplines take us deeper and deeper into the glories of the gospel. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. All right, we're rolling. Glad to be back with you. Thanks for being back here, joining me in the podcast. If you're brand new to this, I hope you'll dig around. There's so many episodes. We're hundreds and hundreds of episodes into this talking about how the gospel applies to everyday life. And if you're a long-term listener, well, thank you so much. Well, I hope your week's been amazing. Mine's going pretty well so far. Last night, we had a Team K family birthday night for my son-in-law, Daniel. Man, I love that guy. Hard to believe he's been part of the family seven, eight years plus now. Crazy. Oh, anyway, one of the funnest things, maybe you do this in your family as well, but when it's your birthday in Team K, you get to pick the meal. And Tina will make you whatever meal you want and whatever cake you want. And some people now are starting to, they're starting to kind of abuse that. And they're like, I, I want two cakes, two kinds, because those are the, my favorites that you make. And so anyway, she does that. Daniel wanted a Team K taco bar, which maybe doesn't sound that special given how well my wife can cook. Like she is an amazing cook. Tina's actually a chef. Well, he picked taco bar because she doesn't just do up here's a little bit of ground beef and a couple some cheese and a few things. There's a gazillion kinds of meats and every kind of topping and multiple kinds of cheese. And she just went all out last night. It was amazing. And we had the red you are special plate. You know what's really cool too is Tina does this special birthday. You get to pick the meal and the cake and the red plate and all that. She does that for a lot of other people in our Oikos, in our our extended family of relationships. It's such a blessing. Maybe you do something like that too. Consider moving the rings out and doing it for other people as well, not just your blood family, but the larger family. What do you think? Hey, and before we get started today, I just want to invite you to join me over on Facebook. We have a Facebook group that is for the podcast and discussing stuff that's on the podcast and all things missional and gospel related. You can find us by just searching Everyday Disciple Podcast, or you can go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash Facebook, and it'll take you right there. Be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on so you don't miss a single episode. Now to today's topic. You won't find a passage in scripture that gives a list of spiritual disciplines listed off like the fruits of the spirit are listed off. And there's not one place I can find that says this practice, this stuff, 
That's the spiritual discipline right there. That's your stuff. So why am I talking about spiritual disciplines today? Well, partly it's because I think spiritual disciplines are very closely connected to discipleship. And I'll explain more on that here just in a second. And making mature disciples of Jesus that make more disciples includes passing on the healthy spiritual disciplines, life-giving, gospel-reminding practices and rhythms. I also want to talk about this today because I think that in light of that and maybe some of the ways we've all been taught, spiritual disciplines have often been given a bad rap in the ways that they've been taught or employed. What comes to mind for you when you hear that term or you think of spiritual disciplines? What are, you, what are your spiritual disciplines and how are they going? What comes to mind when you hear that? Is it icky? Do you think of a hard or I should be doing it? Or do you think, I love it, my spiritual disciplines, best time of my day or week or, or fill in the blank. Throughout the years, many, many philosophers and theologians and pastor types have suggested a number of practices that might be considered spiritual disciplines. And here, these are broken down kind of in two ways. So here's what some of them are. Maybe you've heard of some of these. Maybe you practice some of these. There's disciplines of engagement. In other words, the stuff you do. So like study, study of the word, worship, celebration, service, prayer, fellowshipping, confession, journaling. Yeah, those are all common to some people and some strains of our family life here. Uh, those are common spiritual disciplines. And those are the, like I said, the disciplines of engagement, stuff you do. There's also disciplines of abstinence. Here's some stuff you stop doing as a spiritual discipline. So you find times of solitude, i.e. you're not talking, you're stopping talking. And silence or fasting, stop eating. Or frugality, stop spending money in a certain category or for a certain period of time or whatever. Chastity, sacrifice, those are all historically spiritual disciplines in the abstinence category. Mm -hmm. I know maybe you're thinking this too. I like the sound of a lot of these things, but beware the do-to-be monster. The beast is lurking in there if you're not careful. Because anytime we're given a list of stuff to do or stop doing, wow, my heart wants to turn that into religion and check some boxes and really start looking good. <laughs> to who, I don't know. Maybe just to myself. Maybe ultimately that's what I'm trying to prove or whatever. Let's real quickly, I just want to point out a few lies that we may be believing about spiritual disciplines. Let's see if any of these lurk in your heart. First one is when it comes to this, if it's a real spiritual discipline, then it must be kind of hard to stick to and not very enjoyable to do. Are you believing that? That's not true. Here's another thing, a lie that might have crept into your heart or rhythms, is that spiritual disciplines are the point of being Christian. That's the whole point. So we can sin less and, and get that behavioral modification all nailed down. Do you believe that? Is that what you were taught? When I was being raised in the church, it was like you got to get up in the morning, you got to read your two chapters and you got to pray for 10 minutes and you should journal. And then there's these, here's the ways you pray. There's all these different categories and then confess your sin. And all, it was all, it was really about sort of sin management until Jesus got back. And this is part of how we accomplished that. Yeah. Ick. 
Here's another lie that we often believe about spiritual disciplines is, I feel like a better Christian, quote unquote, when I do these things consistently. And then I can tell others that I'm doing them consistently. Maybe it's my pastor or my spouse or people in my small group or whatever. I feel like a better Christian when I do these things. Meaning, not necessarily that I'm growing in Christ, but I, I feel like a more obedient Christian or something. Ah, nah, ugh. Okay, and here's another lie you might be believing about spiritual disciplines. God loves me more when I do these things or I practice abstinence in these areas. He loves me more. It's not true. God couldn't love you any more than he does right now, and he's proven it at the cross. Now, where does this idea of spiritual disciplines even come from if there's not a list in Scripture or we don't have, here's Jesus' spiritual disciplines that he did with his disciples, so let's go ahead and adopt those. Well, the cornerstone verse on this is 1 Timothy 4, 7, chapter 4, verse 7. Here's what the NASB says. It says, stay away from worthless stories that are typical of old women. <laughs> like wives' tales, that's where that term comes from. Rather, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. The NAV says it this way, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. The translation called The Message is pretty cool too. It says, stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness. <laughs> no spiritual flabbiness, please. It's crazy. Now, the word translated exercise or discipline or train in the Greek, it's pronounced gumnazo, okay? Then that's probably not great because my Greek pronunciation is not super. But it's spelled, check this out, G-Y-M-N-A-Z-O, like gymnasium, right? See what I'm saying? So this word exercise or train or discipline yourself in godliness, it sort of has that root from it, from like a, a gymnasium sort of exercise. A couple of definitions given for this word, this original Greek word, this gumnazo, is to exercise naked. Mm-hmm, Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of like in a wrestling school or gymnasium back in the days. That's how the Olympics all started out. I do like the nakedness aspect of don't hide what you need to work on kind of thing. I like that aspect of it. But it also, definition of that it carries this idea to exercise vigorously in any way, either the body or the mind. Mm -hmm. So like physical exercise or discipline, spiritual disciplines are means and not ends. You know what I mean by that? The end, that is the purpose of practicing spiritual disciplines, is to live more and more like Jesus, to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, which is living in light of the truth of who God is and who he now says you are. See, it's the end. The spiritual disciplines are means, not ends. And so we're not godly just because we practice spiritual disciplines. Maybe you experience this in your own heart or life or you've seen this in others. Like they get up every morning, they are in the word, they are praying, they're journaling for the whole world, they're praying for everybody, but they're mean and they don't seem to look a lot like Jesus most of the time. See, just doing the discipline, that's not the point. That was the problem with the Pharisees. They thought by strictly doing a bunch of religious stuff that made them godly rightly motivated by the gospel and in light of understanding what discipleship really is and what it's all about, 
those are the means to godliness, the gospel ultimately. Here's the thing. The word discipline and the word discipleship, they share the same root meaning. Have you ever thought about that? When you think of spiritual disciplines, that's connected to your discipleship. But if discipline and discipleship share the same root meaning, then maybe our spiritual disciplines should be focused on helping us move from unbelief to belief in light of the gospel in more and more areas of our life. Does that make sense? That's what you've heard me say a million times. Discipleship is this process in our lives and helping others move from unbelief to belief in light of the gospel in every area of life. So then our spiritual disciplines, there's that word discipleship kind of snuck in there, would help us to do that. Would that make sense? Rightly practiced, the spiritual disciplines take us deeper and deeper into the glories of the gospel, of of who Jesus is, not away from it as though we've sort of moved on to some advanced level of Christianity. And we may often think, well, the gospel's about the ABCs. It's sort of how you become a Christian. But now let's get into the really deep things of God, the spiritual disciplines. No, uh uh-uh, no. The spiritual disciplines are derived from the gospel, not divorced from it. And they only take us deeper into an understanding of the gospel, or that's what we'd hope. We're not just doing them for the sake of doing them, or that's what mature Christians do, I guess. Now that I'm in, I'm past that gospel. No, our spiritual disciplines, our discipleship is moving from unbelief to belief and going deeper into the gospel all the time. I love this quote by Thomas Merton. He was an American monk. Yeah, Trappist monk. He says, ask me not where I live and what I like to eat. Ask me what I'm living for and what I think is keeping me from living fully for that. That's what I want my spiritual disciplines to produce. That's the kind of fruit we're looking for, gospel fruit. So I want to broaden our minds on even thinking about what spiritual disciplines are. There again, keeping it in mind that it's intrinsically linked to discipleship, discipline, discipleship, that movement from unbelief about who God is in all the various areas of our life to belief, deeper belief in the gospel. What might be some new spiritual disciplines slash discipleship for you? Could it be something you already do on a regular or daily basis? What if you up the gospel intentionality while you do that? Yeah. A few years ago, I had a job where I had to commute about 25, 30 minutes in each direction to get to the office. And the Spirit of God kind of moved me to turn off talk radio or whatever I was listening to normally and just be silent during that time and listen to God. It was a listening discipline. And boy, oh boy, did God speak to my heart in those times. And as I began to look forward to that and embrace that, that became a rich time sort of at the beginning of my day, right before I went into the work day. And then on my way home, as I was sort of re-entering into life in the family and community and all, it was a beautiful spiritual discipline. You ever think of something like that as a spiritual discipline? You get to. And by the way, if our spiritual disciplines are meant to help us move from unbelief to belief in light of the gospel, then those disciplines are probably going to change over our lifetime as the Spirit is working on areas of unbelief in our hearts. 
Mm -hmm. So it's not like, here's the three things I've always done them. And that's that. Hmm. But you're growing, you're changing, you're being conformed to Christ and and God by his spirit and by the truth of the gospel is rooting out your unbelief in new areas all the time. And so therefore you're disciplines, your spiritual disciplines, discipleship is going to change to meet those needs. Here's another idea. Maybe for some people it's gardening. Uh-huh. I read something recently says, no, it's gardening's not a spiritual discipline. It can't be. I'm like, well, hmm, wait a second. With gospel intentionality, it can be. If it's something you do regularly and you already look forward to it and you find joy in it, what if you upped your gospel intentionality within those times? For my wife, Tina, it has become one of her favorite spiritual disciplines. And the more she shares with others how God is speaking to her, teaching her in those times, the more she's attuned to his voice when gardening. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it's been working for her this summer. She's been gardening for a while, but this is starting to change. How about this? Could this be a spiritual discipline? Maybe your family dinner night? Or your nightly dinner table, time spent together, where you're rehearsing God's generosity, his grace with one another, love, preference for each other, all that. What if that daily meal or that special family dinner night that you do once a week becomes a spiritual discipline? I'm not talking about because it's a big Bible study at the table. I'm saying because of the gospel intentionality of inclusion, and there's always a place for more people and we're full of grace, and it's generous, and it's fun, and it's life-giving. That sounds like a pretty good spiritual discipline to me. Maybe it could be your neighborhood open table. You know, like an open table where you set a night of the week where you just have a simple meal, and anybody can come, and it's high invitation, low challenge, meaning, hey, step on in. We're not trying to bait and switch anybody. We're just loving people, building relationships. What if your open table became one of your spiritual disciplines? Could it be? Yeah. If you start to make that a weekly predictable pattern so that you're consistently opening your life and your calendar and your time and your home to others for the sake of finding people at peace and who's God bringing into our lives to disciple and introduce them to Jesus, that sounds like a beautiful spiritual discipline to me. Could it be living in an intentional rhythm of blessing others, either in word, action, or gift, so as to rehearse and be reminded of our our servant identity that flows right from God and how Jesus has served you? What if a regular rhythm of blessing others was built into your life and your schedule with the intentionality of not only blessing others, but being reminded of how much we've been blessed by God? You see, you see how, where I'm going with this? That I think that our spiritual disciplines, when thought of in the light of discipleship and moving from unbelief to belief, open up all kinds of opportunities for us to have them, not just this sort of hidden away in a quiet, close, closed-door room in the morning sometimes. And speaking of that rhythm of blessing, that's actually one of our six discipleship rhythms. Maybe you've heard me talk about that before. I've gone through those. You can just go back just a handful of episodes and you'll see a whole episode on discipleship rhythms. 
But those rhythms are story, being story formed, regularly rehearsing God's story, the, the whole redemptive arc of scripture in your life and in community with others. That's a beautiful spiritual discipline. Listen is another one of those rhythms. And that's a listening prayer type of posture. Or maybe it's praying, what next, Lord, for your people of peace? And you're going to do that as a spiritual discipline. So I want to be praying regularly for my people of peace and asking the Father, what's next with them relationally? What's next in their life? What's the next thing I need to expose them to with the gospel or proclaim to them or speak over them? The celebrate rhythm, living in a rhythm of throwing parties or weekly barbecue or happy hour there again so that we can build relationships with consistency. So have you ever thought about a spiritual discipline of celebration, of partying? Mm, Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's all about the heart. It's all about our intentionality. Eat, that's a rhythm. We talked about family dinner nights and having meals with people, bless. And then there's the discipleship rhythm of recreate, this idea of resting in Christ's completed work. And out of that, we create beauty and work. So that's our Sabbath. Are you Sabbathing? Are you building in times of refreshment where you're deeply connecting your heart to God? And there again, for like Tina, that's her gardening time as part of her recreate rhythm. Mm-hmm. You get the idea. Now, by the way, we cannot get away from learning, growing, soaking into the Word of God. And that happens in the story. But th- that also happens in a lot of other ways. How many different ways are there to be in the word of God as a spiritual discipline, in rhythm, in community versus just alone. Which kind of brings us up. Don't just think that a spiritual discipline is something you have to do alone. Why? Where? Where do we see that example? Jesus did all of his discipleship in community. And as long as we're kind of going there, worship, by the way, which is a spiritual discipline, is not just singing songs. Worship or worthship is a heart issue, an attitude, a posture, a belief. It's a gospel issue. What are some of the ways that you might be able to build worthship, worship of God into your rhythms of life as a spiritual discipline? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this regularly. For some people, it's as simple as when I'm doing this in the morning, instead of watching the news, I'm, you know, maybe I'm on the treadmill, instead of watching the news, I'm going to listen to some worship music. Okay, it's not just singing the songs, but it might be that. Or it might be, I'm going to meditate on scripture while I go for a walk for 30 minutes to get my steps in today. That's worship. I'm meditating on God. I'm thinking about who he is. His glory, who he is, is worth my time, my attention. Mm -hmm. That's what worship's all about. Expand your thinking about these things. I think you're going to find that spiritual disciplines then become easier, more normalized, beautiful. I really, I want to encourage you, expand your view of things. Start to think of your spiritual disciplines, which are clearly connected to discipleship. I want you to think of them now more woven into the normal rhythms of everyday life, but with greater gospel intentionality. Try some different things out. You're not pouring cement. Build a rhythm, a discipline, bring some new gospel intentionality to it. Don't necessarily think alone but how could you do this with others? See how that goes. See what the fruit of that is. So instead of only some rituals that you perform by yourself, you know, when you remember and 
usually apart from others, think about how more of what you consider as spiritual disciplines can be woven into your life in everyday rhythms and community. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Try to expose you to some new ways of thinking of these and maybe redeeming this idea of our spiritual disciplines because it is a big part of discipleship, ours and those that we're discipling. And if you want help with this kind of thinking and building this into your own life and community, seeing this seeded into life in your church, if you'd like a whole framework for discipleship and mission in everyday life, I'd like to invite you to join Tina and I in an upcoming coaching cohort. We'll share our 25, 30 years of doing this and living this way in community with you. And I'd love to set up a short Zoom call, get to know you better, answer any questions you have about it. Now's your time. You've probably heard me mention this before and think, well, that could be cool sometime. Let's at least hop on a call. I can tell you a little bit more about it and answer any questions you have. And maybe we can get you started real soon. To learn more about that, just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching. And there's a bunch of information there and a little form you can fill out and then we can set up a Zoom call. Awesome. Well, now it's time for the big three, the big three takeaways from today's topic. If nothing else, you don't want to miss this. And by the way, you can, as always, get a printable PDF of this week's big three, sort of summarized, maybe it helps you remember some of these things or share it with someone else. You can get that as a free download, all printed out, what I'm about to say here, by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. So here are the big three for this week. First, Spiritual disciplines are a means, not an end. The disciplines themselves are never the goal. Think discipleship when you think disciplines. Our spiritual disciplines should be focused on helping us move from unbelief to belief in light of the gospel in more and more areas of life. And that's going to change throughout our life. So your spiritual disciplines probably will too. Number two, rightly practiced, the spiritual disciplines take us deeper into the gospel and deeper into our love for Jesus, not away from it as though we've moved on to some advanced level of our Christianity. And certainly, they would never lead us to try to earn God's love or prove ourselves to him. And remember, healthy spiritual disciplines are life-giving and will be something you look forward to as you're refreshed by the gospel. If you're not, if your spiritual disciplines aren't something you look forward to, but like something like, oh, I'm supposed to, You might want to rethink them. And number three, look at your current spiritual disciplines and rhythms. Are you pleased with the fruit that they're producing in your heart and life? Could these rhythms be shared with others as a way of discipling them? What new perspective or new practices can you bring to all of this so that your spiritual disciplines are much more woven into normal life and with others? All right. I trust that this has been helpful. I hope as you're rethinking through all this, remember to ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in that. I hope it has you thinking in some new directions and gives you hope. And speaking of hope, I hope you'll join me next week. I have a pretty special guest joining me. Who will it be? Well, you'll have to listen in to find out. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.